0: hey everybody this is so many sequels your book club for movies i'm josh i'm garrett and i'm david this week on the show we have no idea what to talk about so we're going to talk about a little bit of everything starting with a update on the hollywood strike that was a great great job josh we also talk
1: about the movie we played catch up on i finally saw guardians of the galaxy and approve josh got to relive his theater days with theater camp and david spent a night in venice with his wife that's right we also take a look at the box office numbers for this weekend one of the worst weeks of the year so
2: far but at the same time pretty competitive
0: (laughs) what a great episode (laughs) (laughs) Uh, be sure to check us out online (laughs) at somebody sequels.com i promise this is going to be fun if you if you watch it or listen to it uh
2: we actually have a lot of laughs we do a lot of laughs uh
0: find us on social media on facebook instagram threads and TikTok. Uh, and of course at so sequels.com you can watch and or you can listen to all of our past episodes and subscribe to make sure you don't miss out on any future ones in your favorite podcasting app or on YouTube all right without any further ado enjoy the show september man dudes guys what a slow month it's been it was supposed to be
2: the summer of uh, the the september of david and uh it was failed colossally i was going to catch up on so many movies from earlier in the year i have seen one one movie from earlier in the year and one new movie that's it like it's more like
0: september september i've had
2: a rough couple of days a rough week
0: Maybe we should have, in hindsight, done Septim Septimallenber.
2: Yes. See, that was easy content that we could have just, uh, you know, four good Tim Allen movies. Uh, We've already done Tim them. Allen That's movie. the
0: thing, and they're half of them are Christmas and we already did them.
1: <laughs> I know. Half of them are Christmas and the <laughs> other half Toy, toy Story, story. we all did them. all of them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We've already done Septim yeah. Yeah, but, uh, you
2: uh, know, wait, we haven't done all of his uh, bad movies. There
0: you go. Right. Uh, So, September is usually a pretty slow month in movie releases, just because it's the uh, beginning of the school year in most of uh, America, and, uh, you know, David, you mentioned in our Discord uh, earlier, which you can join at patreon.com slash so many sequels, that football season is also really popular here in the States, so that brings a lot of viewers onto their TVs uh, during the weekend box office rush. So it's not uncommon to have, uh, you know, lull in the release schedule. But it feels a little worse right now because of the ongoing strike between uh, the WGA and SAG-AFTRA and the Hollywood studios. Uh, because even the few new releases we are getting... Uh, no one's allowed to promote them so right. no one's talking about these movies that are coming out they're just kind of coming out silently and if you go see it cuz you heard about it you got lucky i guess cuz yeah. no one no there's no talk shows existing right now you can uh there's
2: no nothing you can really feel it too like normally yeah. during a release you'll have like a blitz on your social media of just random clips from random like from all the thousands of interviews that the actors will do um the cast of Barbie did a ton of theirs ahead of the strike just so they would have and they did have a ton of content to put out and Oppenheimer too had a ton of pre-recorded interviews before the strike happened um you might remember that the cast of Oppenheimer walked out the actors walked out mm-hmm. during the premiere so like yeah. they already had a ton of stuff you know in the can that they could release as promotion but like a lot of the movies coming out this September nothing. Nobody, nothing nobody man. Nobody talk, to talk about, about the
1: about. highest of highs and crashing into the lowest of lows when it comes to this. Like, everyone was at the movie theater. It was like, boom! Movie theater fool! Boom! Mm-hmm. Movie theater mm-hmm. fool! And now it's like, what? I know. And there yeah. is, is just crickets. It's- and I do wonder, you know, if, if that is going to impact in any way the strike, just because I still have not seen enough people, general public, outside of like big movie fans start to feel it yet start yeah they won't feel any kind Um, of thing yet and i think it's just again i always go back to the content overload that we already live in that people aren't feeling it because they're either catching up on stuff that they fell behind on and it feels mm -hmm. new and then once they get through that they can just re-binge the office for the 45th time or whatever they want to do you know they they have those options again um I, I I do wonder when they'll start to feel.
2: It. I think <laughs> I think the when they'll really start to feel it, and we're kind of used to a yearly or semi yearly increase. But when they'll really start to feel it is when these all these streaming services have to ramp up their subscription base like a lot. Like eventually, they're not going to be able to go with just nine dollars a month or you know. And, and we've seen it for years. You know, Netflix the Hootla, the, the Disney Hulu bundle went up recently. Um, Netflix go, it goes up all the time but I think all of them are going to start having to because like, because that's all they can rely on. They don't have new content coming in so they have to rely on their subscription services and unfortunately they're not going to take that price back down. Um, I think the CEO of maybe not the CEO but an executive for either Warner Brothers or Paramount talked about the fact that um, they have been give, essentially through these streaming services giving away a lot of content for way under value for years. And that has been the benefit. And whose
1: fault is that? Well, that has been- Whose fault is that? That has been to the- That is the studio's fault. And they got themselves into this, mess. Right. So, uh, please, figure it out. I know. I mean, the thing is- <laughs> This is your fault, dumbass? <laughs> they, they finally
2: <laughs> wised up to something that consumers have known for a long time, which is that streaming can be a very good deal, if you're interested in the content that's on there, like if you're really into the stuff that's been a part of Warner Brothers catalog for, you know, 100 years, you can get all of it for pretty cheap. I mean, not all of it, but a whole lot of it for pretty cheap. And, you know, ine- inevitably, if something is beneficial to the consumer, it's not beneficial to and it's not beneficial to the person making it. They
1: eventually they will catch on and they will take it away from you. Well so, again, everybody right. got greedy. They they wanted to Netflix got big, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody loved Netflix. And then the studios were like, wait a minute, we don't want to give them their money. We can do this ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't think far enough in advance. They wanted to take down Netflix and then they dug them into a financial hole where they were paying for uh you, you know, you had this in this regular influx, but then they kept making shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they made them for cable which no one watches and can't get ads and then they made it for uh their streaming show where you get ten dollars a month but you couldn't get ads that was the ad free thing mm-hmm. uh so nobody's watching the ads nobody felt it was worth paying for the ads and now they don't have any money and that's their own damn fault mm-hmm. no, yeah, they- <laughs> so i still say i do say that you have to blow up the model um i think that if you break it down i would easily only pay for netflix seasonally um uh, I watch honestly Peacock the most. Like their their original programming on Peacock, great, fantastic, love it. Would pay for that. Um, and Hulu. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, ah, eh, I'd get it when I want it. Well,
2: I, I take the I take the, the 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 as as it is now. Like it was great uh, a couple months ago. I kind of I take the, the the Disney Hulu ESPN bundle as it is because I like all I like all the content I can get across the board there. Oh well, it's just but, a good
0: deal right now. Yeah, that eventually
2: is.
1: they probably won't bundle it because it's. Too much of a good deal. To right. We're going to get into a situation where it's like everything. It's like cable again, where all of these different streaming services are both having to raise their prices mm-hmm. and find a reason to justify raising their prices because know. right now they can't. I mean, they're trying to raise their prices and also there's no new content. So, like, uh no.
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> when you have
2: regularly new content, people will be okay with that. When there's nothing new coming out and you have to pay now you go from paying $70 a month for, for a streaming service to $140 a month for a streaming ser- a year, excuse me, not a, a month, but a year, people are gonna start to notice that and it's gonna start to lead people tuning out. Like you said, Garrett, they all wanted a piece of the pie, but they realize that when everybody's trying to get one, you have to take a smaller piece, ultimately. And mm, so yep. there's just not enough pie for everybody in this scenario.
0: You know, one other dirty little trick that they have in their back pocket this time, that they didn't that the studios didn't have in in oh eight w- is that i I've noticed that there are some of these some broadcast networks are starting to air streaming shows this fall um to replace the lack of new fall content uh Cbs has started airing um Star trek strange new worlds which is a paramount plus exclusive it's that uh, anyway. a yeah they should do that anyway uh but they and then they've also started airing um Yellowstone which is a paramount exclusive as well so they're able to find now their own popular shows that exist elsewhere and try them out on broadcast TV, and that's going to buy them a little bit more time, I'm
1: afraid. Now, my question with that is that if that's successful, will you pay them more? Because now that is not just oh, no. a streaming network show. <laughs> that is a broadcast show that on TV cable, so that is now, in my opinion, a different kind of show. You have to treat it differently. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't just treat it the same. Yeah, and at the end of the day, I don't know what... Yep. I don't know if most, yep. if, I don't know what Yellowstone. No,
0: I don't know. Oh, I bet frozen. they wouldn't. <laughs> Dang it. Um, oh. The other big strike news this week has been, uh, man, pretty much uh, Drew Barrymore being the main character, uh, <laughs> being the <laughs> uh, unexpected. I, I saw a lot of people say they did not expect uh, Drew Barrymore to be the one to be the first like big <laughs> potential high profile scab. But Drew Barrymore, uh, if you haven't been catching up with her lately, is a talk show host now, a daytime talk show host. Uh, She announced that her show would be coming back uh, to production without writers, as she insisted that it was going to follow the rules uh, laid out by the guilds, yada yada. There was massive backlash uh, from fans from the industry, from the WGA, who said you are not following the rules if you do this at all, uh, so you can't do this. Uh, She posted a a video, a crying video, apologizing about it, but said they were going to push through and do it anyway. Um, A few other talk shows announced they would return after that. The Talk, um, Jennifer Hudson, a bunch of daytime shows. Uh, Then today, as of this recording, Drew Barrymore said, "No, never mind. I'm gonna I undo it, and now she's not going to resume production, and all those other shows pulled out as well. So, uh, what is the lesson learned here, fellas?
2: Well, the lesson is to make sure. I mean, I don't know here because here's the thing. Um, I, mean, how do, I need to put this the right way. I don't think a lot of Drew Barrymore." Um, <laughs> And, In and general, not yeah. to say that I think that like she's stupid or not that you that think I little think, of her. You don't think, think of her a lot. I don't think very much. Yeah, I don't think about her often. You know, yeah. she's not the Roman Empire. Um, <laughs> I I don't know if she was misled by her teams, you know, by her production staff, by her agent, by her management, whoever, or if she's the person who said, "Hey, we can do this," you know, or whatever. I can't do Drew Barrymore, but. Um, I don't know if it's her idea or not because she doesn't strike me as someone who's like, like ah oh, f this. I'm doing my show anyway. Screw the writers. Can, let's come up with some some something to you know some idea for why we can do it. And initially, what she presented was that her show is not a writers' show or an action her is a basically a news talk slash commentary kind of like Good Morning America. Good Morning America still on because it's technically a news commentary show as opposed to. A,
0: well, you're really stretching it, though, for her to okay. compare that.
2: I know. That's what I'm saying. Is like that's so she so initially the argument was that she had a similar type of show that she wouldn't be using writers or you know like the way that like say Conan or Jimmy Fallon do, um, even though she does. Like she, that's the thing is like her show is a you know daytime show and the in the vein of uh, Ellen or uh, what's the one that uh, Wendy Williams, whatever,
0: right? <laughs> Why are you
1: picking the worst I ones? I think
0: he, I think you've named exclusively shows that have ended. Also, Ellen's <laughs> <Okay. laughs> gone. My Wendy question, Williams is gone. You know My what? Question great is, thing about uh, the
2: about the Wendy Williams show. Side tangent here is that Wendy Williams got sick uh, during COVID. Right? Um, she, I don't think she got COVID. She just got sick, and they brought in a bunch of guest hosts, and they brought in Sherry Shepherd. Love Sherry Shepherd. She's terrific. Right? The ratings for the Wendy Williams show went up thirty percent under Sherry Shepherd as a guest host. So much so that the the producers, the executive producers were like, Wendy, you can stay home for a little while longer if you want to. They did not want to rush her back, and Wendy got pissed. So they gave Sherry her own show, and it it still does way better than Wendy Williams. Hilarious. Anyway, Drew Barrymore tried uh, to get this to work, and it just blew up in her face. Did not work. I would say if you're going to try something like this, make sure that you are right in whatever you're going to be claiming. If you're going to claim to be a news show, you – hopefully better be you know you know that better be in your paperwork somewhere
1: josh you'll know the answer to this because you're a jeopardy expert why do they get away with it because that's one thing that i've seen go back and forth and i've not uh cared enough to dig deep i trust that you know they they said alex did it back in the day uh you know so i i feel there's precedent uh but i don't know the specifics do you happen to know
0: Yeah, Jeopardy! is complicated because some people do consider it not great that it's back on air. Um, I saw Ken Jennings was initially accused of of crossing the picket lines when the show started production. I don't really think it didn't... It doesn't have the same kind of backlash as a Drew Barrymore moment does, I think because of the nature of Jeopardy! being a game show. Um, I honestly couldn't tell you if they employ WGA writers. I would assume that they do to, cause someone has to write the questions, but I believe that Jeopardy is using, um, is reusing pre-written questions, um, throughout the season. So they're not writing new stuff and I guess that makes it okay. They
2: got decades of stuff to use there. Right. If that's the loophole they want to employ. And I guess, you know, I mean, but also, yeah, is Ken
0: Jennings uh, SAG? Um, I don't know if Kin's in SAG. I would assume Maya Bialik is, who is the other yeah. co-host, because she's a legit actress on the side. Or on the side, that's her main job. <laughs> she's a legit actress. So I don't know how that. Uh, you know what? It's coming back to me. <laughs> I, we're the dumbest people to have these conversations because none of us yes. know. Yeah, we are not experts. Shit we rampant speculation. Rampant speculation, but uh, I do believe that there is a hosting. Uh, slash game show like loophole for SAG, because it's not really right. acting. It makes
2: sense. <laughs> yeah. It makes sense. But uh, yeah, it's uh, we're in day 138, we learned, of the strike as of this recording. And uh, <clears throat> I guess negotiations are about to resume, but uh, in line with yes, our other prediction, I don't see it ending.
0: No, I don't think it part. will end soon, But but it is always good... Uh, for the parties to come together and hopefully present an updated offer so that each time they at least have something to build from have we because uh, yeah unfortunately it's been a lot of gaps of silences
2: and and we've seen you've we've seen all of these headlines that have sort of uh alluded to the fact or or, or outright stated that um, a lot of these uh, studios, these big studios would have have lost more money than the writers, writers and actors were asking for. By this point, that like it doesn't make sense for them to keep going at, with this. Uh, they could have easily paid this and been fine, but now they've lost more than they would have paid.
1: Sucks to suck. Wait, the studios? You said yeah, that? the studios. That's I mean, that's okay. what I've seen. Yeah.
2: Is Sucks that like suck. Warner Brothers has lost like something like four hundred. Million dollars or something like that, or four hundred billion. Yeah, they've however much it is, I can't remember. They've
0: acknowledged that they've lost more than what the writers have been asking for. Uh, they're just doing it to be shitheads. Mm, perfect, love that. Way to go, A plus. And you could put that on paper.
1: Yeah, we still probably the put it on paper.
0: What is that as a catchphrase? <laughs> put that on. That's uh, not a catchphrase. <laughs> put that on paper. Is that not a catchphrase? That can't, it that can't be a catchphrase. It is now. <laughs> um, all right. Let's uh, shift gears here to talk about some of the movies we have been watching this week. Because, uh, you know, even though we're not talking about a main feature this week, we all try to keep up with stuff here and there, watch some movies for fun. Believe it or not, we do watch movies that we don't talk about on the show. Uh, so... I want to start. Let me ask uh, Garrett because I know you just recently watched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, which is a show that uh, David and I covered over the summer. So I think we would both love to hear what you thought uh, of the movie.
1: Yeah, let us have it. Well, let me start. Yeah, let me start with a preface because if if you all remember, I have been struggling with my superhero movies lately. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Not only have they been bad, they've been bad. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everything has been yeah, bad. You've lost interest. across the board. I've lost interest. Like DC, bad has been bad, start to finish, bad. Except for a few, right? Give yeah. credit where credit's due. Yeah. Marvel, fantastic. Okay, mm, what what are you doing? What what, what 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 have you done? What is happening, <laughs> right? And so I had zero interest, especially after Ant Man in any superhero movie. And so um, I finally got around to this one. It's streaming on Disney Plus, and you know, <clears throat> you both. Gave it praise. So I was excited going into it. Feeling like it was finally going to be a return. And it was. It felt like it was a Guardians movie. It felt like it was uh, a return. It felt like it was, you know, thought through by someone who knew the characters (laughs) and knew the people um, and knew what they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I appreciated that. Um, I think the ending was great. It was amazing. Uh, Cohesive. It It was sad throughout the whole thing. Like... Oh my god, the sadness of this movie was Perfect. heavy. <laughs> yeah. It was just all over the place. Yeah. And and I also found some, like the first half of the movie also to be all over the place. There were parts where it was like I really enjoyed it, um but it also felt like the first half especially they were just kind of saying the lines and it didn't really feel like they were giving their best like performance. Um it just really felt like very monotone until about Mm, Halfway through And then it felt like They finally kind of got there But like for me It it really felt like It was relying hard On just like We're the Guardians We like music Mm -hmm. Look at us be fun Mm -hmm. And then it got good Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so um, I think This is one of those movies Where I wish Letterboxd Would give me those quarter uh, Opportunities Because I really want to give it That Mm 3.75 Because it's not You know I base it on like What would I describe this movie Mm -hmm. That's how I kind of rank it And for me, I can't quite give this movie a great. Mm -hmm. It's got flashes of it. But I do really enjoy this. I really enjoy it. I really like pieces of it. I really like most of it, uh, top to bottom. One of the best villains, uh, by the way, Mm -hmm. that I feel like I've seen. That performance was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Five-star performance from from the the villain. I don't remember his name in the movie or in real life, but (laughs) it was a great performance. (laughs) Um, So overall, uh, I was really pleased with it. I think it was a good way to close out that particular saga and, again, move on with something else. You can bring, Pe- you know, if Star-Lord's coming back later, that's great. Um, but let's move on and, and try to try to revitalize a little bit here. We don't need all of these properties
2: all of the time. Yeah, it's nice for something to feel like it, it ended or it closed, you know, you know and I, I agree.
0: Too much animal abuse, though.
1: Oh my God! It was made terrible. me cry. Yeah, it was. It, yes. it was the right amount to get you uh, invested. The right amount. <laughs> I mean, listen. If you want <laughs> a very amount hated, of animal then, abuse, like animal abuse is a one way to just shoot him to the top of the list of being a hated bad thing. guy,
2: right? Yeah, that's worse than torturing people. Um, yeah. uh, David, you said this is. was like one of your favorite movies, right? Of the oh year yeah, best movie of the year for me right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, because I I legitimately got very emotional. Uh, specifically, same. I mean, the 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 um something i'd like you to i'd I'd love to hear your comment on um and and why it 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 kind of pushed it over the edge for me was the music was the soundtrack there was a kind of a mid-2000s vibe to it as opposed to the sort of 70s and 80s that we got in the previous iterations uh specifically that last song uh florence the machine it just took me back to my rc radio days it took me back to my um uh my my youth (laughs) we'll call yeah. it, and specifically sort of that, you know, some of those capping lines with Drax
1: and Mantis and Rocket and sort of there. Yeah. Well,
0: he Everybody said, oh, I it. agree
1: that this movie came like full circle for each character. They all found like, you know, it really started looking at uh, them broken like David said, and then at the end of this movie, they really f- came full circle for the characters, and I approve of that. I Each character, I felt like, was done successfully. Yeah. Um And I think that, I mean, obviously, again, I think that Marvel's downfall initially was firing James Gunn. I think that was where they shot themselves in the foot, and they've struggled to get out the gate ever since. Um, They've had some good bits and pieces through there, but that moment, I think, was a moment that they really screwed up for the first time, Um, and it's been felt ever since because it's just been so much and so incohesive
0: yeah uh, and this
1: finally felt cohesive, sorry Josh.
0: Okay. No, I was just gonna agree that firing him was a was a big mistake. It was reactionary. Uh, obviously, they late but corrected that. so uh, I think that this is i i I just echo the the hope that this is the end of this iteration of the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, because I don't wanna. Frankly, I don't want to see anyone but James Gunn do it with these characters. Um, You know, as we are aware, um, Star-Lord will return in some fashion. That's fine. I'm okay with characters coming in here and there, but I don't want to see another Guardians of the Galaxy and have it be these people. I really don't even want to see Guardians of the Galaxy as a franchise for a long time. Just let them do what they do here and there if need be. But let this let this kind of rest like um like uh, uh, the Iron Man and um Captain yeah. America. Well, that's not really anymore. new Captain America, Iron Man. We got a new um, Captain America coming, but yeah. a transitional thing happened, so mm-hmm. it will be different. Mm-hmm. So if that were to happen, I guess it'd be okay. But
1: uh, David, you mentioned the soundtrack. The Mowgli's. You know, I do. I did want to bring that up because I was intrigued by that because you know the, the soundtrack and the 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 the, mo- the volume and the tape. That's so specific, you know to his mom and so uh, you know, as it got into the soundtrack more, you know, this movie does such a good job of telling the story through the music. But it kinda I I even got to a point where like, you know, he was eight when his mother died and I don't know when the time but like Ain't No Way Florence and the Machine was a song that he's familiar with. <laughs> well, in no thing. way, shape or form. And so that's nice Rocket plays that one. So it's uh Rocket's well, that's picked true. up on but a lot of But Some of, of those the, later the movies, ones too, you know, they had like uh, Space Hog maybe he would have had that on there. Um, mm-hmm. they had some so they had some later ones where I was like, would he have actually had that on his like tape?
2: Well these he, are on the you know these are these are the ones on the Zoom.
0: Yeah, he's so upgraded. He got a remember. Zoom at the end of volume that's two, right. you remember.
2: So that's it's got right, a bunch that's it's got, right. got three hundred whole songs on it. Um that's and right. and Rocket's really been digging it. So he's playing Creep by Radiohead, the acoustic version. He's playing the Mowgli's which uh, we've met the Mowgli's uh, that was kind of yeah, yeah, that was kind that's of a kind cool acoustic. moment. That was fun. But anyway, fun film. Glad you yep. it. Did you give it? A, so you're going to give it
1: what a three and a half? You have to settle for three yeah, and a half. Three and a half. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. also a. It's got ones in its rating on mine, but it is not the number one movie. It is maybe the
0: eleventh. Oh, it's man. got ones in it. Wow. <laughs> Fair well, enough. It. Wow. Um. Okay. Uh. David, you actually got to see a new movie this week. Mm-hmm. You You went to see a haunting in Venice. Yes. Right. I did. Which is the latest Kenneth Branagh, Hercule Poirot? I can Poirot. always tr- struggle to say it. Poirot.
2: I know. Uh, it's, a, it's a it's a tough name to say. Mystery. Poirot. Yeah,
0: Agatha Christie based mystery bo- movies. Excuse so me. So let me say before you introduce it, um, I when I, when I first saw the trailer for this movie, I did not know. That it was going to be one of these movies until like the mustache reveal or something silly. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I was like, what? It's one of those because <laughs> uh, Death on the Nile had just come out in the pre- past year. So it wasn't even on my radar that they'd had a third one in the can, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was really hyped about this and I still kind of am. So uh, am I going to be disappointed?
2: Um, I don't know. Did, how did you feel about Death on the Nile?
0: Uh, okay, I do have to admit, I never watched Death on the Nile. Okay, uh, yeah, Death on the Nile
2: died with
1: it. Died with Army Hammer and COVID, and 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 yeah. Gal Gadot and Lutisha I think Rey, they just wanted to, I think they. Yeah, I think they really just wanted to bury that. Yeah, <laughs> I think as far deep as they could. I think
2: I think the timing. I think honestly, the pandemic really killed a lot of the 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 anything that would have resembled hype around this particular franchise. All because, the momentum
0: from Orient Express
2: because was the pandemic took it out of theaters. One. Gal Gadot had that really awkward thing with the Imagine song, right? You Letitia mean, Wright refused you know to get vaccinated. <laughs> and then Army Hammer got accused of being a cannibal, right? So, like, all of a sudden, <laughs> your three <laughs> the most... The natural
0: mar- progression.
2: your The <laughs> pandemic plus your three most marketable stars all make really bad public faux pas, right? And so now you've kind of got a lot of disinterest. Um, Death on the Nile is... Death on the Nile is, is okay. It's it's an okay film. I don't think it's quite as good as Murder on the Orient Express. Um, I think part of that is because Death on the Nile is is a highly referenced film, so you kind of, for me, I kind of had a, fe- I kind of knew what was happening um, early on. But <clears throat> I thought this was better than Death on the Nile and not quite as good as Murder on the Orient Express. Um, Kenneth Branagh really leans into his, uh, well, really, um, not that I've really seen him do before, but really tries his hand at horror, and it it's a quite a lot of jump scares, but. Kenneth Branagh's uh, main strength, I think, has always been his ability to direct performances. And there's quite a lot of good, subtle performances going on in this movie mixed in with all the horror. It, he, he describes it as kind of a supernatural thriller. Um, I think that if you are interested in the idea of a mystery movie that really tries, it, what it something it did well was, it is a mystery movie that really makes you want to believe that it's not a mystery that it actually is something supernatural going on, um, which is always the goal of a, a Sherlock Holmes or a Hercule Poirot, whoever it is, to disprove that something magical has happened and that it's in fact something very obvious, very clear, very tangible, right? So it did that it's really also well. Also, the plot of mini a Scooby Doo cartoon. Yes. Yes. Is. is um they take advantage of people's superstitions people are people are very superstitious it's very easy to get them to le- believe that something impossible has happened so i think it did a good job i think that it's only 143 minutes uh so it is it is very quick. it is it is very quick I, I, my only complaint there was that um, by when they when he started giving his here's what happened kind of rap, uh i was like Oh, this is it! <laughs> this is it's it's over. I was there was a part of me that felt like another shoe was going to drop, but it in fact had just dropped. So I was I was kind of uh, surprised what? that we were at
1: the, the end already. Uh, I don't know. Here's a question, Josh. I Do that you this think this was that this one? So I, think, I gotta say, hey, oh, I'm unstable. He's Great. catching up. Hold on, he's. Hey, he's returned. Okay, we, we didn't well. might be back. It back back was now. good though. Yep, I it was good. I enjoyed myself. I gave it three and a half. Okay, okay, here's my question real quick. You don't, yeah. I don't want to reveal or anything, right? Okay. My biggest letdown of Murder on the Orient Express, and for those who haven't seen it, spoiler, is that it was like, you all did it, but nobody did it. He deserved it. And it was like a cop-out, right? Uh-huh. It seemed like the mystery was, Egh. is this better? Does this have a satisfactory ending? Or uh-huh. does everyone do it again? No, no, not all
2: of them do it, but yes, it is. Uh, okay. It, it kind of depends, I guess, because it's gonna, you know, uh, I think a lot of times mysteries are often let down by the conclusion, how satisfying the reveal is, and I would say that this movie, for me, was one more was one clue away from being really satisfying because I think a good mystery a really good mystery gives the uh, gives the opportunity for the audience to solve it just before the detective or as the detective is solving it you know if the detective tells you who who the murderer was and you're like huh it's not good you don't want the you don't want the audience to be completely surprised by they you know you want them to be following along so i think this one needed one more thing and it would have pushed it in that direction it is not a cop out but it's kind of like I don't know. It's it. There's a little bit of nebulousness to who you know what the whether or not this is you know what the legal status of all these things are. You know, the, you know what I mean. <laughs> sure. So. Okay, yeah. I'm
0: okay. worried it's going to get too spoilery. If you, say I don't want to get, yeah, I don't want to get into spoilers yeah,
2: yeah. necessarily, but I think it's worth the watch. You may not like it as much as I did. I'm only going to give it three and a half. Um, better than death, not quite as good as murder. I think that murder had all of the. Uh, what what really put Murder Ahead was just being the first one, I think. You know? Uh, I love Kenneth Branagh. I think he's a great actor. Uh, he, as this character, is so unexpressive, though, that uh, through three movies of it, it is the same... He's on the same, like, beat the whole time. It's Every time it is, well, I'm Hercule Poirot, and I am looking into this case. Uh, have you seen uh, anybody here today? And it's like, <laughs> okay, great. Now we need Excited. I am Hercule Perrault and I am here to investigate this case. It's like there's no <laughs> difference between excited, scared, funny. There are jokes in this movie that the audience didn't laugh at because it doesn't sound like jokes when he delivers them. It just sounds like the same thing as when he's being serious. So that's a little bit of a knock against it, is I think that Kenneth's okay, great, but he's playing this character almost too seriously at times. It's not, a, it's not a Benoit Blanc where you have, like, this really captivating character on scene at well, all Well, what
0: could be?
1: I find Kenneth Branagh often takes things too seriously. He shouldn't.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree.
2: That's my one well, knock on Kenneth You need to Kenneth watch Wild, Wild West again.
1: Hey, I have no issues whenever he doesn't take himself seriously. I love when he doesn't take <laughs> himself seriously. It's when he takes himself seriously that I don't take him seriously sometimes.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I also watched a new-to-me movie this week. I got to see... Uh, theater camp is out on hulu now that That was a movie movie. i was looking forward to seeing in theaters didn't get around to it but thankfully it's now on hulu uh, if you were also interested in watching it but this is um another movie featuring aoe berry the person (laughs) the actress we've talked about like a month straight now just She's been on the,
1: every like the last 5 episodes we've done going back to Ninja Turtles
0: right but it's also got uh just an overall uh cast of quality funny people uh Molly Gordon Ben Platt Jimmy Tatro uh, I like a lot um and it is man if you were a, if you were a theater kid it's painful like how it was clearly made by kids who went to theater stuff in 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 school age. Um, you know, I never went to an overnight camp like this one, but uh, I will assure you that every show and every rehearsal is exactly that, um, shrunk down to a microcosm of one night. And it, it, it was a lot, but I adored it. Um, I had to pause it. I laughed so hard at... Um, the reveal of the musical uh that they are going to give uh i almost said it but then i remember david hasn't seen it and that it's also a new movie so i shouldn't spoil it but garrett has seen it so he knows what i'm talking about um that just is so silly (laughs) and it cracked me up the seriousness of the kids putting their makeup on and all that is exactly how they are
2: yeah
0: it's exactly how they are did did they do
2: uh did they do a breakfast train-esque
0: yes yes Several and 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 uh, David, they were. I wish I could remember them. They were all weird. <laughs> they were they all, all weird That's... breakfast trades. Exactly. That um, they had tons of st- tons of stuff like that. Um, it's the basic idea of you know a camp is going to be sold because they're out of money and they got to save the camp. So the story is kind of simple, mm-hmm. but it's the performances that sell it. The kids are all really great. The adult cast is great. Uh, it's a really good uh stream at home movie so i would oh, recommend it
2: i hope it's is it gonna make is it gonna give me like secondhand cringe is it gonna make me yes oh no yeah
0: but i don't but not in like a michael scott level way like okay. you know not a like, single ladies kind of i woman. i definitely cringe through it but it's still got a lot of heart. you mostly cringe because cause you're like oh these kids they just haven't grown up yet mm-hmm. my, they're so serious about their acting my favorite dynamic
1: is between uh Ben Platt and the oldest actress, mm. and and their how they see that relationship is really cool. I really like the way that they. Again, it's so silly, but they really tie it together for me uh, at the end. Whenever she, well, David, go see it, and then we can talk about it.
0: Okay, okay, yeah, Josh, if yeah. you
1: don't know what I'm talking about, because you look like maybe you don't, we can talk about it too. Because like, uh,
0: yeah, we could talk about it off mic, because uh, <laughs> I definitely think this is a good movie worth worth talking about (laughs) uh but i do i recommend it so check that out
2: all right well i have to i saw it was on hulu already and i went well shoot
0: i have to look into it watch it watch it watch it. one of my
2: many things for uh the october of david uh where i will again try to catch up on get it so many movies um yeah well uh yeah i haven't seen it i i i uh I'll give a little rundown here, a little this week in the box office. Um, Haunting of Venice, uh, it opened, as of right now, early estimates are number two behind the Nun 2. The Equalizer 3, it comes in at number three. My Big Fat Greek Wedding <laughs> 3 comes in at number four. And Barbie's still at number five. Um, that wasn't necessarily a thumbs down for my Big Fat Greek <laughs> Wedding 3. It was more specifically for the crappy box office. Oh, it's a bad weekend at the box office. Second worst of the year. Behind only uh February tenth. That was the weekend that uh Magic Mike's last dance opened in theaters. <laughs> it's, another,
0: it's another dead period of the year. February. Early
2: February. Yeah. Do you want to hear the top five from from the worst the worst weekend of the year? It was yeah. Magic Mike's Last Dance opened to
1: eight point three
2: million dollars.
1: I wanted to go see that for our <laughs> uh uh what was it? What did we do in February? Love's love movie romantic uh, comedies?
0: We no, did rom
2: coms. Yeah. R- uh. well, I think that was two I years think. ago. That was two years this, ago. Yeah, this oh, year don't. we did.
0: did Fraser. out there too. This,
2: this year we did Brendan Fraser. That was oh, this year's right. February. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Josh acted like that can't be. Like Josh remembers any of the movies we've done.
0: I haven't remembered anything <laughs> since December 2019. <laughs> I know. I told him we had done. And I mean me. that with my whole chest. The
2: other a yep. few few weeks ago, I was like, "Yeah, we know we did the original Ninja Turtles movies," and he we we did. Like yeah, we did. We <laughs> talked about all three 90s Ninja Turtles. Anyway, so imagine every
0: episode we do is is a couple weeks ago in my head. I know,
2: and and the best part is we could, um, for fun, we could just listen to old episodes, and Josh could be like, "Oh, we we haven't done that one yet, or we already did that one." You know, like it'll be anyway. Oh yeah. So, um, so yeah, bad weekend at the box office. Uh, Josh, you pointed out that the top. The, the three of the top four were all, are all threequels they're all the you know third in a the series third I recently watched my big fat Greek wedding for
0: the first time and I, I don't get it but uh, all three of them are threequels I wouldn't have expected to ever exist I know also true less so hey, you know, with, with haunting Venice but I was still surprised it existed. <laughs>
1: yeah equalizer three reunites uh dakota fanning and um denzel washington from man yeah. on fire fame and that's also one of my favorite movies growing up so i have very much interest in equalizer three yeah and you know no, that ha- no interest in equalizer or equalizer two but definite interest in equalizer
2: three. yeah they, that actually had a pretty good opening a few weeks ago um i think it opened to like 42 million uh, which is Doing pretty well. good for uh, a movie that, like a franchise is not like wildly successful so pretty good um some other news, you know, Barbie is now the highest grossing movie of the year internet, like worldwide, um, it's crossed over. Uh, Oppenheimer is up to $950 million worldwide, so it has a chance to maybe make a billion because there's nothing else coming out in September. So internationally, it could cross the billion-dollar mark, which would be pretty huge.
0: Yeah, I saw it's now the highest grossing biopic, too. Mm. which mm-hmm. th- Which surprised me, I was like, wait. Oppenheimer is a biopic, and I was like, "Well, of course it is. It's called Oppenheimer." But I, in my head, it's like, "No, it's about the bomb. <laughs> it's, <a> bit- <laughs> it's not about him. It's about the bomb." It is. What is? And it is.
2: Uh, it is uh, based on a biography, so there's there's that component. But uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it is just uh, number two now worldwide for R-rated films, just behind Joker. So that's it. So anyway, that's all that. That's all I have there. I kind of. Uh, just thought I would bring it up since you put that in the in the Discord.
0: No, that's perfect. That's 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 perfect way to uh, also stick with our normal structure. Uh, also,
2: bit. do you guys uh, want to guess? You, uh, uh, Josh, do you want to guess Theater Camp's Letterbox score or <laughs> Haunting in Venice? Get a Letterbox game out of this week.
0: <laughs> that's so hard because I didn't see a Haunting yeah. in Venice, and I already saw the other one because I logged it. <laughs> oh, there you go. I will say though, I was gonna read um the most popular review overall on Letterboxd of the Week, because I, I think you all appreciate it. Mm. Um the the most popular review this week is a review of the movie Bottoms uh from uh star A.O. Eidberry a. that says, I'm in it with my friends, so five stars. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Mm, so can't. you gotta appreciate That's how you do it. A uh, shameless five star. I love when I love the when the stars
2: film. are on Letterbox. It's great,
0: isn't it? Great. Uh, if you don't follow them on Instagram, uh, they do a great job of of interviewing stars on the red carpet when there are red carpets.
2: <laughs> oh, I love
0: it. Uh, and and more and more actors are finding out about Letterbox and more and more are joining it. I saw my mm-hmm. Hawk said she joined it but refused yeah. to tell them her uh, username. Set the fire. So her. good luck, good luck. There's a lot of there's a lot of fun people on there.
2: now. You know what my uh, you know what my, 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 my big goal for the end of the year is? Uh, we'll see if it happens. But I wanna get um, I wanna get movie posters of my letterbox top four and then frame them and then have them on the wall back here so I have my 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 top four in the background. I thought that would be that would look really cool.
0: So that's a cool idea.
2: I got to get, unfortunately it's impossible. So you're,
0: com- you're wanting to, you're really committing to the top four then. Yeah,
1: I think so.
2: I mean, you know, if I ever do, do decide to change, I'll just get another poster. I don't do movie posters often, but I thought, Hey, this is at least a, a style thing that I can do with it. It's not just, you know, like I, I it's not just like random movie posters. It'll be, like there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a significance to it. There's a reason. You know, if reason. I and if I ever were to take one out, I probably would move out like Indiana Jones and move something up, something else in. But uh, for now, I've had my top four since I've logged on, and I'm, I'm probably not going to change it because they're, they're my favorite movies. But I thought it would look cool. That's fair
0: enough. No, I think that's a great idea. I think you should work on it, and I think you should document the progress.
2: I will. The hard time for of having is, is, is I, the three of them I was able to find very easily in the same size. And one of them, they just don't make it in that size. Like it's, you either have to get it. You either have to get it way bigger or way smaller. So I'm, I've run into a, I run into a bit of an issue. You have. Anyway.
0: All right. Well, uh, I think that wraps up our episode for the week. I think, I think we, we had a good one here. Good, good chat. Good all around updates. Mm-hmm. Good, good movie reviews. Oh, what, what's this?
1: Yeah. Can we tease next week? i was gonna
0: tease next week what are we doing next week uh because next week is gonna be our halloween preview episode oh it's the week before Ooh. halloween and everybody knows who's a fan of the show here that in uh october we do so many scares all month long which is uh typically uh all three of us will select a movie uh, yeah. that fits the halloween theme And then sometimes there's an extra one that will either be a new release or a fan pick or we'll figure it out, but Mm -hmm. it's going to be... Actually,
1: I I would like to tease because I just looked at the calendar, boys. Oh, okay. Then I'm going to throw it to you. This October, we are blessed with a plethora of days we have... We have four Mondays, which is when we release a podcast, mm-hmm. but there are five Sundays, which is usually when we record the podcast, yeah. and we typically tend to release one around Halloween, right? So we have the opportunity to not only do a new movie, which could be the, 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 one of the scariest looking trailer movies that's come out in a while, mm-hmm. that's going to scare the crap out of David, mm-hmm. and the three of us get a pick, and our fans and audience get a chance to pick one and- for us to watch. Because there are five chances for so many scares this Halloween.
0: Oh, no. This could be the best so many scares yet with so many Do you many guys options. know what, what you're going to do? Not You've yet. About it? Yeah, not I think yet. I know what I'm going to do. I started thinking about it. I do too, David. I think I I've just had decided it. I think this. I've had it picked In for this a while.
2: Moment. But I've been, uh, I've been hoping that maybe inspiration would strike and give me something else. But I think I've been settled on it for a while. What I'm going to pick this year. Uh, not looking forward to it. Uh, you know least favorite time of the year Uh, just I wasn't built for it
0: you weren't unfortunately you weren't built for it
2: and so I'm terrified but I will do it I will do it this if is it, the only right way to make it happen
0: if it helps at all if we <laughs> make you watch The Exorcist I, there is a tinge of guilt that exists me.
1: <laughs> I don't have any
0: I have some <laughs> man I have a little bit <laughs> Oh, if I man. have to go through that
1: terror, you do too. I, may I, picked, th- I will not I suffer pick, alone. I honestly think the movie I picked,
2: I'm hoping, my, though, I'm hoping that it's so iconic that it won't be scary. That's my hope.
0: Interesting. I feel like okay. I know what you've picked. I, I have I might no have given away, we'll I might have given to, it away. We'll have to You can tell from my past picks. That.
2: If you go and you look at my past picks of things that I have chosen, they're all movies that I'm <laughs> hoping are too iconic to be scary. <laughs> ah. That's funny. Because I picked like the thing, oh, I picked patterns. like the fog.
1: <laughs> I think what was the other? I um, what was the other one I picked? Um, you and Andrew picked a couple of stinkers one
2: year. I picked the thing I think was that was what I picked that year. And, and then, that was the same year that's and fine. Then, the and then and then Andrew picked good. the Frighteners, and yeah, I can't was, help it. The Frighteners
0: that, is the all-time worst. I
2: can't help it that <laughs> you guys weren't scared of the thing, but I, you know, all I've ever heard my whole life is that, like it's the best sci-fi horror movie ever. So I was like, let's go <laughs> yeah, with that. It's, it's it's that thing is good. It's really John Carpenter. Yeah. He's looking. Yeah, King. It's really good. There you go. Uh,
0: but anyway, we'll we'll save our reveals for for next week's preview episode when we will let you know what to expect all october long for so many scares uh be sure to check us out online though follow us on social media instagram uh facebook tiktok and threads you can find us on so many sequels.com can i (laughs) (laughs) always when you're trying
1: to pitch that boy will not let us sell if you can't tell over the co- podcast,
2: Josh's dog Max is having the worst <laughs> like, sneezing, coughing fit in the background. He does it every time we're wrapping up shows.
0: Every time we're wrapping up, it's like he He's knows. He's consistent. He's I mean, consistent. We'll uh, yeah, find us online at so many sequels.com where you can check out all the episodes we've done in the past. You can uh, find links to our social channels there that I said earlier. Uh, you can also go to Patreon, support the show there. Uh, we've got some really fun, um, exclusive stuff there for you guys. We are going to do, uh, or you get access to our Discord, first of all, when you join. Uh, and then there's some other fun stuff um, you can see there in the tiers when you join. So again, that's patreon.com slash so many sequels. Uh, I think that's everything. So we will see you all next week with a preview of So Many Scares 2023. Uh, bye.